0: We're walking through the Psalms um, this summer at Richland, and my original intention was not to go to Psalm 2, but the Lord seemed to direct me there this week, and then as I was directed there and began to look at Psalm 2, I began to realize how well it fit together with what David and Dina shared and their being home Uh, Those of you who were there last Sunday night, I I hope you were moved as I was. As I sat there in that machine shed or garage there, as they uh, gathered there and then began to share and just shared questions and answers, there was just a sense of God's presence there with us and a sense that this is good and right and a good way for them to connect with us as a body, and I was incredibly thrilled, I've already said that, incredibly thrilled with the number of you who came to engage them and to support them and uh, hear from them. And what I want to do, my goal this morning is to take this psalm, and uh, and it can become a prayer guide for us to pray for David and Dina, but also for Heather, who is in Asia ministering today, halfway around the world. The gospel of Christ. That we would find in this psalm just a pattern of how to pray for them, and that would every time we would read it, we would pray for them, and we would begin to use it as a prayer guide to regularly pray for them. Um, one of the things that I was impressed with last Sunday night was how deeply they depend on a praying church. How how incredibly important it is for a church to pray for those that they send out and for those that are on the field. There are long days and hard days, and, and we'll say this again, but they are in hard places. Both of those individuals um, or families are in hard places. Heather where she's at, David and Dina where they are at, and, and only if God moves, only if he moves on the hearts of the people will there be fruit there. And so we need to pray, and I hope this morning will help us to better do that. What I want to do is read this psalm first. It's a messianic psalm. Uh, There are a number of messianic psalms in the psalms that speak and point toward the Messiah and the one who will provide that righteousness that people seek to establish on their own. But let's read it, and then I quickly just want to walk through it, and then we're going to have them come back so we can pray. Listen to what the psalmist writes. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And then hear this. In the Old Testament, this was written, a messianic psalm about the Messiah. It says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. But, doesn't have a but, but it really does. But blessed are those who take refuge in him. I think there's a wonderful pattern, a wonderful picture of praying for David and Dina and for Heather here. Let me just walk through it and then we're going to sing a song together as they come back for us to pray. But first of all, I've already said it, but this psalm reminds us of that, that they are in hard places. They are in places where the nations rage. They are in places where what it says in the first few verses here... Are true. Why do the nations raise and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. They do. Now, it happens in other places. It happens in our own country in, in places, but it really happens there where they set their counsel together against the Lord and His anointed. The name of Jesus is not welcome. Now, certainly in Muslim um, religion, they acknowledge Jesus, but not the Jesus of Scripture, not the Jesus that is portrayed in this book, not the Jesus of the gospel, not the Jesus who provides a righteousness for us. That Jesus they plot against. That Jesus is not welcome in that context there. And so they plot against them. The rulers counsel together. And I don't think we can fully appreciate that oppression as they asked us last Sunday night and didn't really ask us, but just thanked us for praying for them because they feel those prayers. They feel those prayers in the midst of an oppression that I don't think we can fully appreciate here. We can't fully appreciate it here. We do not know what it is like to live in a country where there are so few believers, percentage-wise. People who welcome us, people who welcome what we're doing here today. We have no concept of that, and you don't unless you're in those countries. And in essence, what they live in, they live in a country where they do not worship this Messiah. They don't worship him. And, and what they are being sent to do is to export worship to that country. We, we, we send David and Dina, we send Heather to countries to export worship. The worship of this God. To worship the God that they now counsel together against. To turn from being against that God to worshiping that God. One, one has said that missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions is about exporting worship, the worship of the one true God. And they go to do that in a very hard and a very dark place. So we need to remember that as we read Psalm 2, the the desperate need they have for us to pray for them. But secondly, they need to know and we need to know that our God does not wring his hands about that. This Psalm tells us that our God doesn't wring His hands. In fact, it says in verse four, He who sets in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury. As for me, I have set my King on Zion, my holy hill. In other words, God does not wring His hands and say, Oh my, they are against me. Oh my, it is such a a huge task for worship to exist in this country. Um, He doesn't do that. He he doesn't do that. In fact, we have a God that the scripture tells us very plainly that his purposes will not be thwarted. We have a God who accomplishes his purposes. He isn't undone about getting his his purposes accomplished. They will happen. If God sets out to do it, he will do it. And so that's not the kind of God that they serve. And as we come to pray for them, we need to understand that we are coming to a God whose purposes will not be thwarted. So then we have to ask ourselves, what are his purposes? What are the purposes of the God we come to pray to on behalf of those missionaries? Well, the text tells us. It's one of the most exciting parts of the text. It's the part that that really jumped out at me as I began to look at this text and think about it in the context of what we were going to do s- this morning. Look with me there where it says in verse 8, actually in verse 7 we'll begin. It says, I will tell them the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son, today I've begotten you. This is the f- father speaking of the son. And then it says, ask of me. The father says, ask of me. And this is what he Purpose is to do. I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. That's an incredibly wonderful promise for us to pray for David and Dina and for Heather, and to pray over them. That God purpose is that He will make the nations his Heritage. I want you to listen to another text of scripture out of Revelation chapter 5. Listen to what it says. And verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll, speaking of Christ, the Messiah. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Now, now, hear where they come from. Here were those people who were ransomed by the death of Christ will come from it says from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth Jesus died for a people from every tribe and language and people and nation I think it connects back to the point where it says God says ask of me I will make the nations your heritage we need to pray that for our missionaries, that he would make the nations the heritage of Christ. In other words, there would be people who would, would come to see the glory of God in the face of Christ in the nations that they are at, in the nations that they are declaring the message of Christ in. Because that's the promise of Scripture, that God will do that, that God's purpose is to, to cause people from every nation to come to see the glory of God in the face of Christ. And he's sending people to every nation to make that sense. Now, what will that look like? What is that going to look like when they do that? What's going to happen that we're going to see visibly happen when God takes people from those nations? I think we go on in the text, and again, we can pray this. It says, now, therefore, in verse 10, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And then it says, kiss the sun. What will it look like for those people? What will it look like for those people from every nation to be brought into the fold? What will it look like for our missionaries as they're on the field? What will they see happen? What do we pray that they would see happen? And I think what we pray that we would see happen is that they would kiss the sun That's an amazing text in the Old Testament. They would kiss the sun. What does it mean to kiss the sun? It means multiple things, but at the essence of what it means is that they would worship the sun, they would revere the sun. That's part of what it meant in the Old Testament. When when the nations um, worshiped an idol, they would oftentimes take the idol and kiss the idol as a form of worship to kiss it. Well, here it's not an idol. It's not a false God, but the one true God. And what I think will happen in the nations is they will see the nations begin to kiss Jesus Christ. They will embrace him. They will worship him again. They will begin to worship God. Missions exist because worship doesn't. And so what they will find happening is in the lands that they are in, God will open the eyes of the people Open them to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ and they will kiss Him. They will worship Him. It will be more than that. It will be a kiss of reconciliation, a kiss of allegiance, a kiss of gratitude and mercy, but at the bottom, it is a kiss of worship. They will worship the one true God. They will worship the God who provides a righteousness in Himself, in what he accomplishes in the cross. Those who seek to establish a righteousness of their own will come to see the fallacy of that, come to see the bankruptcy of that, and turn to a righteousness that's found in another, in Jesus Christ. And they will, in fact, take refuge in him. That's what it means to, to embrace Christ, is to take refuge in God and all that he is for us in Christ. And that that is the picture, that's the flow of of what I hope we will see as as we begin to pray for our missionaries. And I hope that God will use this time, and David and Dina being here, to spark us, to renew our efforts to pray for them as they go back. They need us to pray for them. They need us to uphold them and uh, to lift them in prayer. And And use this pattern, the nation's rage. God doesn't wring his hands about it. His purposes will be fulfilled and his purposes is that people from every kindred and tribe and nation will in fact kiss the sun, worship the sun and pray with confidence. Pray that that the fruit of their labors there would be that people would come to find their refuge in God and know the blessedness of finding their refuge in God and all that he is for us in Jesus Christ that's the pattern that's what I hope we will be stirred to pray for and and in just a moment we're going to sing and they're going to come back and we're going to pray but let me let me close this way with you this morning as I was walking out of my house and I was making my way over here it was early um, I had I had come to the office early and I walked out into into this open prairie it was it was just starting to become daylight and I And I just thought of the wonderful privilege we have here, here, out, out, if you will, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, in the middle of nowhere. We have the privilege of praying in such a way and praying, I think, according to the heart of God and the purposes of God and and seeing things happen halfway around the world. In fact, I don't only think we have the privilege. I think God has given us the the responsibility to pray. We have the opportunity to pray. We have the opportunity to be involved in what they're doing on the field. And in fact, if we don't get involved in it, I think God moves by means of his people praying, by prompting his people to pray. But as we pray, as we pray, God begins to work and move in another land. Begins to move the hearts of people. And we get to participate with them. We don't just hear them come once a year. Or once every three years. And hear an update. But we get to hear an update of of what we have participated in. That has always been the DNA of of our body here. to To participate with our people. One of the prayers that we had. Is that God would cause more and more to raise up people from among us. Um, that we could build relationship with. And so I just encourage you this morning. I I felt the same way as I sat in that building on the steward farm a week ago. Here we are again, out in the country, out in the middle of nowhere. Very few people really populate our land compared to the rest of the world, compared to the millions that are in Istanbul this morning. And yet we can participate in what happens there. I can't say that as strongly as I feel it. We can participate in what happens in the city of Istanbul every day of our lives. What I hope will happen is that you will turn to Psalm too often and you'll just walk through it. You'll walk through it on behalf of David and Dina. You'll walk through it on behalf of Heather. You'll walk through it on behalf of the others that we have on our board who didn't necessarily rise up from our body but are from other bodies, but we have connected and partnered with them as well, and that we will pray and God will move as his people pray, as he stirs his people to pray. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to close by praying this morning, but I don't want this to be the final prayer. I want this only to be the beginning. The beginning. Young people, let me tell you this morning. Young people who are here, take this. Pray for them. However you have your devotions, however you time with God, somehow put a part of that to pray for David and Dina, to pray for Heather. We are losing, folks. We are losing a generation of people who prayed. In 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 many ways, I'm I'm so grateful that they get to enter into their heavenly reward. But in another sense, it terrifies me. It terrifies me that we are losing a generation who knew what it meant to pray, who knew what it meant to pray for these kinds of things, and we must come behind them and take up the mantle to pray. So I challenge you this morning. I pray God will work in your heart. I pray he'll stir your heart. I pray he'll use Psalm 2 to prompt it in your heart. The worship team's gonna come. We're gonna sing, and David and Dean are gonna return, and we're gonna pray.
1: Kingdom cry resounds from mountain town to desert plain, from city to the shore. Truth will not be bound by walls upon the earth. From every nation, tribe, and tongue, God calls his people forth. to the King of the New Jerusalem, where all of the saints with one voice will worship the Lamb. Shit
0: in other things, but if the elders would come, and then we're going to have the children come, come right around you as well. Come on in, kids. Just gather in, and we're going to pray. They've just been with the children sharing there, and I think it's good for the kids to join us. What I would encourage you parents that are here this morning, they didn't hear what I shared, so what I would encourage you as parents as you go home to take this psalm and just walk through it with them. Elders, why don't you kind of come in between the kids and lay hands on them. Will you do that? If you can cut kids, can you give them room to come in? But I'd encourage your parents to share what we shared so that the kids can participate in what we're going to do in praying for them as they go. David and Dina, we just shared a text and the heart of that text is the father saying to the son, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. Promises that The nations will be the heritage of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And you're going to the nations. We're going to pray that that will happen where you're at. God will raise up people from every tribe and kindred and nation. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful this morning for David and Dina. We're grateful, Lord, that they are willing to go to hard places. We're grateful, Father, for the fact that you have birthed in them an intentionality about that call and about the purpose to go. And Father, we just pray that you will strengthen them, Father. You will strengthen them and help them, be with them as they part in a few days to go back to Istanbul. And we pray, Lord, that that Father, you would give your Son the inheritance of the nations, you promise that one day people from every kindred and tribe and nation will be around that throne. And we're grateful, Lord, for those who are going to to declare the blessedness of taking refuge in the Son, the blessedness of kissing the Son. And I pray you'll equip David and Dina to lift up Christ, to lift him up, and to Declare that righteousness to the people of that country. And Father, we pray, we pray also. I, I, I pray that even as David hinted and talked about on Sunday night a week ago, that, that even in, in their going to the Turkish people and the people of Istanbul, but, but also others who may there, and somehow, in some way, in your purposes it will never be thwarted, Father, that you might reach through the Turkish people a noon person who will go back to the very country they were expelled from, that that country might have an inheritance among the nations, Father. Lord, we don't understand all of your purposes, but we know that they'll never be thwarted. We know that we do not have a God who wrings his hands in heaven because authorities cast out missionaries from a country. Father, we believe that you are fulfilling your purposes, you're working your purposes, and we commit it to you. And we are grateful, Father, for these that we can partner with. And I pray, Father, that we will partner with. I pray, Father, that we will be a people who will take Psalm 2 and pray often and pray hard for David and Dina and the people of Istanbul and the country of turkey lord we thank you for your graciousness we thank you father that you stir in us i think you birth in us a desire to pray for that which you you want to accomplish and so i believe you're doing that among us now and we thank you for that father and we just commit them to you in jesus name and all of the people said Amen. Amen. amen god bless you you're dismissed this morning Bless you guys.